Welcome to New Perceptions Podcast, the official podcast of the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry. The New Perceptions Podcast is for education, information, and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and guests and do not reflect the official policies of any entity. This podcast in the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry does not support or condone the illegal use, distribution, or sale of psychedelic substances. Furthermore, the topics discussed should not be solely used to diagnose, treat, or prevent diseases or conditions, and reading of or listening to this podcast does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. The content discussed does not constitute medical advice, and any specific medical questions should be directed toward your personal health care professional. Today on the podcast three-year-old uh, guy with a diagnosis of PTSD from military combat. If you are listening to us on the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry website, it would be easier for you and better for us if you would please consider following us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you will be notified when the latest episode airs. I am Dr. Tyler Trevisted, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and it's my privilege to welcome you to this author interview edition of the podcast. Dr. Tony Seaman obtained his undergraduate degree in microbiology at the University of Kansas and attended medical school at Saber University. He is currently a PGY-4 psychiatry resident at the University of Kansas Health System in Kansas City, Kansas. He also serves as a deputy editor for the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry, and his article, Ayahuasca and Treatment of Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, a Case Report, can be found in the inaugural issue, which is available on our website. He can also be heard on our most recent podcast discussing his other article, Psilocybin Use in the Future Psychiatric Practice, a Comprehensive Review. Tony, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me, Tyler. Always my pleasure. Tony, could you tell the listeners out there what your case report is about for for those that maybe haven't had the chance to read it yet? Yeah, so this uh, gentleman is a 53-year-old guy with a diagnosis of PTSD from military combat. When I saw him, he had tried several different medications um, in order to kind of help with his core symptoms of PTSD, mainly um, hypervigilance, the nightmares that come with it, and the flashbacks. They were um, really interfering with his day-to-day life and and getting out and that sort of thing. Um, He had reported several adverse effects to medications in the past to which he could not tolerate them. Um, And um, basically, after trialing several different medications and trialing therapy. Um, he kind of had a, a breaking out where he was trying different religions and um, um, organizations and things like that. And he finally found a Buddhist organization that he really identified with. And they did a retreat in Peru uh, where they underwent a religious uh, ayahuasca um, ceremony. Um, and he found that upon returning to the United States and after experiencing this, that he his PTSD symptoms had totally resolved. Fascinating. You said when you first saw the patient, but you didn't tell us exactly where, what kind of clinical context was this? Right. So I was, I was a, a inpatient uh consultant uh, at the University of Kansas Medical Center, um, and he had come in for uh, a delirium um, infection um, and was delirious, so they consulted the psychiatry for agitation and delirium management and things like that. Um, and after he his delirium improved, this is kind of where um, I started to uh, realize that he had uh, been doing ayahuasca uh, to treat his PTSD symptoms for several years. So this consult had really nothing to do with psychiatric symptoms outside of just standard run-of-the-mill delirium. Run-of-the-mill delirium. They really they didn't know what was going on with him um, from a psychiatric standpoint, um, and and really he couldn't tell us anything when he was that delirious, except he kept repeating ayahuasca um, in Peru, um, and so we didn't really know what he was talking about. But afterwards, you know, it kind of made sense that he was trying to relay to us that he was his psychiatric ailments were cured with ayahuasca in ayahuasca in Peru. Wow, fascinating. So 
at that time, did you know that ayahuasca was a thing that people use for PTSD symptoms? Or was this totally new to you? No, this was totally new. And, and actually, I had to sort of look up even what ayahuasca was, you know, and I'd heard it before. Um, but, you know, and, and it was I found it very interesting because uh, I never heard of it used to treat any psychiatric illness. Um, he had told me that um, the the shaman when he went there said it could treat uh, potentially help with some psychiatric uh, depression and um, things like that. But I had never heard of it um, um, up until this point. Wow. So maybe for, you know, the listeners out there who were similar to you, what exactly is ayahuasca? Just kind of give us a little brief history of that. So ayahuasca is a, is a brew uh, of a vine and a plant um, that is mainly found in South America. Um, and it's been brewed for centuries. Um, I think the first recorded kind of history of it is about 1000 AD um, in, in shaman and religious um people down there brew it uh, to have a religious experiences and been doing it for a long time. Um, but basically what the components are is there's a DMT component, which is the psychedelic component, and then an MAOI component um, in this tea, uh, which is is the MAOI that we know of the antidepressant category. Um, and so um, that's kind of the what ayahuasca is. So this delirious guy is just kind of shouting to you in the in the hospital about ayahuasca. And what happened when he finally kind of came to, when he was able to talk to you about all of this? What, what did he eventually tell you? Sure. When he, so when he finally came to, you know, it was a couple of days afterwards, uh, I kind of made it a point to go back and see him and talk to him and see if there's anything else we could do for him. And basically he told me that he um, was a 20-year war vet, army veteran. So he'd been in the military for 20 years. He served in several different wars um, and had lots of, several combat experiences. And upon moving back, he was retired. And then upon moving back to um, his hometown, he began experiencing a lot of PTSD symptoms, nightmares, hypervigilance and things like that. Um, And he lived on this large, like 80 acre farm or something like that. And um, really didn't get out of the 80 acre farm much, um, except maybe to go to the grocery store, uh, which he felt very uncomfortable and, and nervous there while he was there. Um, kind of talking to him a little further, he also possibly had some childhood trauma too that would contribute to some of the nightmares um, and things like that. Um, but basically, these were really bothersome symptoms to him. He was having them every single day, um, not leaving the house. He almost called, him, called himself a recluse. Um, he would just kind of stay in his 80-acre farm and and not do much. Um, wasn't He didn't have a job uh, besides doing stuff on the farm. Um, and so he tried several medications um, given th- through uh, psychiatrists. He tried therapy, which he did find helpful, um, but... Um, with all the medications, he, he had side effects to them. Um, um, even he, I think he had told me that one of, of, um, of the, the SSRIs that he tried caused worsening suicidal thoughts. Uh, he tried benzos at one point in time and they just kind of made him feel numb and, and not himself. And he didn't like that. Um, and so, um, really he couldn't find any, any help in the traditional, um, sense. I'm just curious. Did he find any like positive effects from the medications or the therapy that you mentioned at all? The therapy he did. He said the therapy was very helpful, but it could only go so far. He was still having several days a week um, where he was uh, having the nightmares and things like that. The medications um, 
none at all. He said that he he tried uh, as hard as he could, but he did he did not. He got zero, almost zero benefit from them. Well, let's kind of go back to the ayahuasca. You said that he came to this from a religious search. What what more did you kind of find out when you were talking to him about that? So basically, he was kind of on a path. He was trying to figure out what to religion he would like to um, identify with, and and he stumbled upon Buddhism. And in that, you know, he they went on this retreat, um, and he really kind of liked Buddhism for the meditation purposes and things like that. And went on this retreat, and it was a meditation ayahuasca trip retreat. Um, kind of knowing knowing that going into it. Um, but he was just kind of on a search for himself more than anything else and, um, and, uh, stumbled upon this Buddhism and then ayahuasca. Interesting. So when he finally goes down to Peru to do the ayahuasca, what was his experience like? Positive, negative things that kind of came up with, with that whole ceremony? So he basically said that everything was pretty positive. He said that he did have some, um, some flooding memories and things like that. Um, but the, there was a shaman, uh, there, which is the religious leader, um, to kind of help guide him. Uh, and it was an eight hour, uh, religious experience, um, and, uh, over one day. Um, and he said the shaman, anytime someone was feeling overwhelmed and things like that would help them kind of meditate to, to calm themselves down, but, but encourage them to kind of, um, travel and, and, and participate in the flooding memories that they were getting. Interesting. So, I mean, he's traveling to Peru about how often is he going down there? Did he give any idea about how you know, cost intensive this was or prohibitive this was? I didn't ask him about cost. Um, you know, obviously probably whatever the ticket costs and then whatever the, the religious experience costs. But, um, he did say that he was going every six months. Um, he, he found that the PTSD symptoms would come, start to come back after about four to five months. Um, and so over several years, he kind of went, um, and found that six month was about where he needed to be in order to keep the uh, the PTSD symptoms at bay. So he was traveling um, to Peru to undergo this religious guided uh, shaman experience about every six months. Interesting. And so given the latest trials at the VA using MDMA and psychotherapy to treat PTSD, and also the latest news that just was released from MAPS a couple, maybe a day ago at this point, where they stated the FDA is going to be able to give expanded access to MDMA for PTSD patients. I'm curious if you discussed this as a potential treatment modality for him since he is a veteran and probably would maybe benefit from this given the the limited information we have on it. We didn't we didn't talk about it at depth in depth, um, but um, we did kind of mention it uh, to him that it was possible. I didn't know about the new. Um, I mean that just happened, so I didn't know about that. It's really cool, but. Um, uh, I did tell him that uh, that the VA was kind of doing their research on MDMA. He was a little bit aware of it. One of the things he was really kind of. Uh, you know, with his ongoing medical stuff, he didn't know if he would be able to travel to Peru um, anymore. And so we did kind of talk about that, There, are, that there are other ways to potentially do this safe. And uh, in, in, um, now that the VA was doing the MDMA and that's has a lot of positive results, it made him more encouraged um, that he wasn't going to <clears throat> miss out on, on some of this if the VA does go ahead with the MDMA trials. So. Again, I feel like this is about the fourth podcast in a row we've had to mention that we don't support the illegal use of any psychedelic substances. But ayahuasca is unique in the United States in that the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in the mid-2000s 
that the religious ceremony around it is actually protected under the First Amendment. So I was curious if, if he had given any thought about doing those ayahuasca ceremonies here in the United States, given that it is a legal enterprise that he can go through and, and pay for here without having to travel to Peru, given his medical kind of conditions that you just mentioned. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Um, that would be another avenue to to go. I know that they do have several churches um, here in the United States, and, and that's an interesting avenue uh, to go down as well, since he did get such benefit from them. Do you think that ayahuasca in general would be helpful for any other psychiatric conditions? There are a couple studies out there for ayahuasca in, in depression. Um, and it has a lot of positive, uh, results. I think, I think there was two of them when I looked, uh, an open label and then a placebo controlled, uh, study, which both had, both had positive results. And then there's another one on suicidality as well that showed, um, a decrease, um, in suicidality. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there are, you know, ayahuasca is kind of the newer one. There's not much. Those are really, really the only three studies that I could find in my research. So we've got definitely a ton of room for research then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's lots of room for research on ayahuasca. Any other take home points, any other wrap up material you want to get through? No, I don't think so. I think it's an interesting area and we'll see kind of where it goes. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed today's interview. If you would like to submit an article for potential publication in the journal, or you have further questions, please visit our website, journalofpsychedelicpsychiatry.org, or send us an email at journalofpsychedelicpsychiatry at gmail.com. To stay up to date on all the latest information regarding the journal, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On behalf of Dr. Seaman, thank you for listening to New Perceptions.